In this episode, we got to talk about one of my favorite charities in this entire fucking world called Give Kids the World. What better way to show we care for each other than to donate to a good cause? It's such a great organization. They really help the families and their kids celebrate. They bring smiles to these wonderful kids' faces. I really do love this charity. Give Kids a World hosts kids with critical illnesses and allows them to spend time with their families on a week-long vacation in Orlando, Florida. Give Kids the World focuses on making every day the best day ever. Please consider sharing your love with this organization by going to gktw.org and donating. You'll be able to find a link to donate in the show notes. I wore my oh. Give Kids the World shirt. Look. Oh, look at that, buddy. She's got on her <laughs> Give Kids the World shirt. Look, I have this. I got to figure out a way to scan it to you and send it to you. But I've got like the whole book of when oh. he was a Make-A-Wish kid. I the that. whole like his his star like That's they give awesome. him another one like the location of it all of it yeah it's really really cool oh, but there's okay. one of him staying in front of the standing in front of the house that we have as the one i'm going to send you and and then i did one on his 18th birthday which was really really cool Welcome back to another episode of Shit That Goes On In Our Heads. Today, we have an amazing guest. Her name is Jen. She has an incredible story about her son and just her personal struggles and um, just lessons learned and really cool things. So, Jen, welcome. welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. So happy to be here with you guys. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dirty Skittles, this is all she's like talked about for like three days now. I am so excited. We get to talk about like all my favorite things, including charity. So I'm I'm thrilled, man. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I think we'll have probably your son popping in at some point. Yes, he's part she of will. The story, right? Like part of the he story is. I'm gonna share. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where should we get started? Uh let's start probably the beginning of when he first got diagnosed. So um, my son Alex was born and, you know, he just always got sick. You know, he was in, he was in daycare after a year old and, you know, that's typical. So, but, you know, as a mom, you just know something is not right. Yeah. So met with his doctor, I was with his doctor all the time, so much so that my kids actually think that that is their real uncle. they refer to him as uncle bullard so (laughs) they really do think that's their uncle um so we were there so much and i just kept mentioning just something is just not right you know i have an older son but you just as a mom you just know so he agreed after he got sick so many times with bronchitis pneumonia ear infections all of that so yeah he he allowed uh a referral at the time that was what you needed um, to go down to the University of Miami um, to see an immunologist. And we were able to get diagnosed at that time with a um, an immune deficiency. So he was a little about two and a half years old, a little over two crazy. when he got diagnosed. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I can't imagine. Yeah. Is he Was he your firstborn? He's second. Okay. He was second, but there's 10 years between the two. So it was like starting all over again. 
I can't imagine taking that news in and like, what do you do? How do you digest that? Yeah, it was a, it was a lot. That, that was where the mental struggle came in. So it was like, okay, you know, he's a selective antibody immune deficiency. And I'm like, that's a lot of words that I have no idea what that meaning is. And his immunologist is one of those doctors that he's just so intelligent, but he doesn't really have the ability to explain. So you leave with more questions than answers. Um, you have a lot of stuff to Google and figure out your own. But, you know, as, as a mom, you start to do some major research and figuring it out. Um, and so as he was diagnosed, we were on the way back from Jackson down at UM. And I got a phone call from his uh, nurse who told me that Alex was qualified for a make-a-wish child. So before I had an opportunity to process and figure it out, I was being told that my son had, you know, qualified for make-a-wish, which I'm sure um, like most parents would have been like, oh my gosh, my kid's dying. Right. That was immediately where my mind went. Yeah, like that's that's where I would have probably. Were you driving? You said when you got this. Yes, we I were driving like, back. I got to pull over. Like I'm gonna need like three days wherever we are now. To, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just you know, subtle with my emotions. Oh my gosh. What yeah, a it was moment. a lot. It was. It was very very scary. And so I started to cry on the phone with his poor nurse, and I was oh. like, "What do you mean? What does that mean?" And so she explained, "No, make a wish is not only for terminally ill, um, but life threatening diseases as well." So I said, okay, so this is obviously life threatening. This is super serious. So I went home and just researched, which is not always a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, the Google (laughs) is not, you know, (laughs) the best way to do it. But at least it allowed me an opportunity to educate myself some and come up with some some additional questions um, to ask his immunologist. But that was a big blow. That mentally... You know, you as a mom, you're like, all right, now I was right. right. You know, something more was wrong. This explains why he's getting sick and sick all of the time. But it was very, very difficult to process. Yeah. So you, I, you went, you had to have at that point, you've researched. After researching, I mean, your whole life has to change, right? It did. It absolutely completely changed. And everybody's got to get on board for it. 100%. And- and were you working during this time? When you I was. Out? Yes. Yep. I was working during this time. So I, you know, you have to keep on keeping on and uh, don't want to miss, you know, work too much because you're already missing a lot of work because he's sick all the time and uh, you don't want to lose your insurance, you know? So it was, yeah, it was very, very difficult. It was very, a very dark time for me, but I, I, have to tell you I have the literally the most supportive family and friends um that they are what got me through honestly mm-hmm. yeah That's they wonderful. absolutely got me through yes so his diagnosis what did that mean in terms of how your life had to change to accommodate so I'll explain it to you in the five-year-old way that I needed it explained to me to understand <laughs> it <laughs> we all have 14 pneumococcal titers in our lungs that are our our lung area that are fighting germs. He was born with two. And to this day, he still only has two. There, it was a possibility for him to outgrow it. um, But we have far surpassed that time 
So this is something that he will just deal with for the rest of his life. So he's not contagious to anybody, but everybody is contagious to, to him. So, you know, we go to the grocery store, you grab, you know, the, the cart, right. you know, the escalator, the elevator button where there's tons of germs. Um, that just being him being around that can get him sick. And because he doesn't have the ability to fight, it is like it, he sounds like he's getting a cold and it goes from bron cold to bronchitis to, mo to pneumonia in about three to five hours. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. So, and he's a strong one. So all of a sudden he'll wake up and be like, I've got a sore throat. And next thing you know, I'm getting a phone call from the school nurse saying, you know, he doesn't feel well, pick him up, you know, pick him up, take him to his um, uncle Bullard, mm -hmm. who's around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we're having to call rescue to come get him. Holy shit. Yeah. And so yeah. this he has this has been his life since he was, would you say two and a half? Yeah, he was diagnosed when he was two and a half. Yes. Holy crap. Yes. I Yeah. Wow. How do you my my first thought as like a parent is like, how do you how do you just not keep him home all the time? Like how does how does the world not shut down so That's that he's exactly safe? Yes, safe. Yes. So that's exactly how it's immunologists. I don't know if you've ever heard of the boy in the bubble. Yeah. 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 That should be him. He should be. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. But I had to make a really tough decision as his mom that I could not psychologically do that to him. Um, there was just there was no way I had to put him out in the world and allow him to experience life like normal and just deal with whatever repercussions that brought. Um, of course, we're very cautious. We had to strip any carpet that was in our home. You know, at the time he was young, so we had a bunch of stuffed animals. So we had to really, really limit those. Um, you know, if you freeze stuffed animals for 24 hours, it kills all the dust mites. I did not <laughs> know that. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Really? Oh. So we had to learn stuff like that. Yeah. We had to wrap his mattress. Um you know, and pillowcases and just do all of the things that we could possibly do to give them the best environment. We put UV lights on the air conditioners um, to kill the germs, all of that kind of stuff. You know, no, nothing in the house that would make it smell good. You know, it's the old style putting cinnamon on the stove and orange yeah. peels to make it smell good. None of the plugins or anything like that. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that is a lot. Like I, like, did you naturally get to that point where you're like, I want him to live as much of a normal life as he possibly can, or was there like, I, I think I'm just stuck on like, oh my gosh, I would probably me me as a person freak out and yes. like everything shuts down. Like no, like I don't think I would have gotten to that mindset, which is, I think the best place to be. Like you're you're approaching this very in a very healthy way, I would say. So like, was that immediate for you or did it take learning or did something happen that you're like, okay, I've got to just let him live his life. 
Yeah, that was that was a very, very slow process. That was not immediate. Same idea. I was like, fine, we're putting him in a bubble. Like, we're done. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's it. This kid is not going to see the real world at all. Like, I'm going to keep him safe. And this is it. Uh, but like I said, you know, the support of my family and my friends were amazing. And they were like, you know, once you get to meet him, his personality, even from a young, young age is like, he's a fighter. Yeah. He is not, yeah, he is absolutely not going to succumb to this. He's going to do the absolute best that he can. And um, he doesn't want to be contained. And he made that really evident from a young age. Um, so, you know, you do what you can to, to support him. I mean, ideally what they were doing at the time was they were giving him rotating antibiotics. And what that does is it gives him like a fake immune mm. system. But the antibiotics, as you can imagine, was destroying his stomach. It's destroying his teeth. And it had so many, so many side effects. So, um, you know, we tried without it. And we were getting the same results. He was getting sick the same amount of time with or without it. So, you know, we left it every, you know, every at the time, every three months, he has to go at a young, starting young, all the way till now, um, and get 14 vials of blood taken. Yeah. Oh, no. 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 Yep. <laughs> No, <laughs> there, it's one vial for every sing, single pneumococcal no titer. Way, hold on, that's yes. like now just clicking yep. in. So they take fourteen every three months to make sure that yes. he's still at two. Four <sighs> yep, and see where his levels are, see where we're at, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Because he did shortly after that qualify for like IVIGs, which means where he would get like an IV of medication that would give him like a fake immune system. So the same effect as the antibiotics, but only one time a month. Um, and at that point he is still and was over needles. Mm. Like he's 18, he just turned 18. And ooh, if you come <laughs> near him, he yeah. had to go get, he had to go get an MRI on Monday. And he was like, they're not, they're not gonna give me that stuff in it, are they? I'm like, no, it's with no contrast, buddy. No contrast. He's like, oh, thank God. Oh, man. So, yeah, like even at this age. But as he got bigger, I had to start calling in the troops to like help me hold him down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, like, it's, that, it's that extreme of a reaction. It's that bad. Yeah. I mean, not so much now, but, you know, when he was growing up. Yeah, because he's been poked and prodded his whole life. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have a question just about sure. like the insurance part of that, right? So mm -hmm. did, at any point, did you have problems with your insurance companies not wanting to pay for it or? So at the, yeah, that's a great question. So yes, they would, you know, say that they did, they would try not to pay for certain things and say that they weren't going to cover certain things. And I would have to constantly go in and battle that. So the insurance, as you can imagine, was a complete battle as well. Um, on top of the fact that, you know, I was told you should probably try to get him some life insurance. That was impossible. Wow. Completely impossible. Yeah, because he's he has a um, yeah pre-existing condition. Correct. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask like, so, you know, he's turning eighteen now, and you know, most yes. kids now can be covered with their parents' insurance until he's twenty six. Correct. Like, what what happens after that? He's gonna need a job that he can be covered through a group plan, because he is uninsurable. That's fucked yeah. up. It is yep. so fucked up. So like he wouldn't qualify for like Medicaid or 
um, could he be, I mean, do they see this as like a, like a disability, like a social security disability or? No, they don't. That's they even don't. more fucked up. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> this is like actually heartbreaking because there's other kids like this, right? Like other kids. Oh, absolutely. So like, this isn't just one story. There's many people that are falling into the same scenario where now you're uninsurable like what the fuck there's 144 um immune deficiencies there's actually a foundation right that they they're phenomenal it's the immune deficiency foundation they are phenomenal they have tons of information and that's where i got lots of information from they have an advocate that you know would reach out to me and ask how things are going what they could do to support you know support us etc which was absolutely phenomenal because i don't i don't know if i would have been able to make it without a lot of the information they provided yeah would you would you be able to provide us with those links and everything so we can include those in our show notes just so that if there's anybody out there that's kind of dealing with something like this yeah they they at least have a resource to, to start with because like you said your first resource was google right correct and yep. yeah yeah Absolutely. So I can absolutely do that. So yeah, so fast forward, uh, I get a phone call from Make-A-Wish. And uh, they're going to come over to the house and they're going to meet Alex and they're going to ask him what he wishes for. So he was a little How over old three. Is he at this point? Yep, he was a little over three. Wow. So wow. what do three-year-olds wish for? <laughs> and what did he wish for? Disney. Uh-huh. <laughs> He wished to go to Disney. Yay. So um, I'm I'm a huge Disney fan as well. And so we he wished to go to Disney and they granted his wish. So we got to go to Disney. Actually, it was um, the week after Christmas and right of New Year's. And so we were able to go and they sent us to, I don't know if you're familiar, but they sent us to this place called Give Kids the World. And <laughs> Give Kids the World is a, uh, a place that Make-A-Wish works with. And it is a bunch of homes that is for Make-A-Wish kids. And it's all set up like Candyland. The entire place is set up like Candyland. So everybody that's there, um, is you know from make a wish it's them and their family they have like all types of rides and they have train rides they have video games um all kinds of stuff carousel big pool that you know is wheelchair accessible it is such a phenomenal phenomenal place i love that place i love it too and before i talk about how much i love it i just it just dawned on me though right so he's this is his wish is to go to disney but what's in disney like tons of people and like germs correct and so like, how does that work yes so when you are a make-a-wish kid you're given like a pen and a pass so you don't wait with everybody else you can do the entire so they sent us to all four disney parks um into sea world so you go to all of those parks and you don't wait with anybody else not only do they have make-a-wish rooms there so if he were to get tired or start to not feel good there's a private area that you could go to and be with it but they essentially have you don't wait in any lines you kind of go you know if you were to do like a behind the scene tour yeah. mm-hmm. that's the entrances that you use okay so you're going behind every ride and going in 
So you're not with necessarily all of the people. You're not waiting in lines or anything. We were able to get the parks done in about, I'm talking every single ride and meeting characters, everything in three hours. Holy crap. Yeah. Holy shit. Yes. Yes. It was, it's so hard to go back after that week. Let me tell you. Yeah. And then like you, you mentioned you like Disney's yourself so were you like this is fucking wonderful <laughs> it, it, i was i was like this is great i'm so sorry that this is make a wish but i'm so happy it is at the same damn time because right. you don't have to wait in not one line <laughs> not one line not even the characters you know if there's like five people mm-hmm. in a line to see the characters you don't wait they just take you right up wow yeah it was wow amazing. that's so cool that's really cool yeah it was that's awesome. I, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan of that charity. I I I guess I kind of got introduced to them. So I worked at a hotel in Orlando mm-hmm. and they used to have a gala every year. And it was the one thing I looked forward to because the desserts we would make were it depended on the theme of whatever was happening, mm-hmm. but they were always like whimsical and like fun and like it was just it was such a stressful but amazing time and so I'm like I gotta look into this charity a little bit more found out that they were in Orlando volunteered a bunch and then you know we'll probably touch on this but when COVID hit they did the night of is it like a million lights I think is what it is yes it is Uh and (laughs) I took my family because you know I'm I'm a new mom and I want to do this fun Christmassy thing with our family and wanted to see lights and they were offering it i'm like cool let's do this plus we're donating to charity it's going to be great so i'm there because i love the charity i know what it's about and i want to see christmas lights well i didn't realize that like my family and my friends who we paid to have come with us and donate to the charity as well had never heard of it and as we're walking through um because to be clear during covid they shut it down and like yes they did like when you when you I guess start to think about that and how families may have had wishes that were going to go during that time and everything is shut down for safety, they held this event to still raise money for these families. Yeah. And so we're walking through. And my parents are like, <laughs> I'm laughing because it's kind of fucked up but funny. But they're looking around like seeing all these stories and pictures of children and families, and they're like, Wait, what is this? And as I <laughs> as I explain what it was and why we were there raising money during that time, my dad broke down crying. He was like, oh, my Aww. God, this is so beautiful. But, like, you didn't prepare us. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> He's like, I the worst this. daughter in the world. Right. <laughs> but we've done it every year since. And, like, yes. now that they've opened up that that area, they kind of shifted it to another location. But we're still going. We're still donating for charity. I'm planning to do it again this year. I love it because I love the charity. I love what it stands for. And, like, Absolutely. why not do something and give back? So. I love it. And, we can, and on our show notes, we'll have a, a link to the charity um, because I'd love to make this a charity charitable event for you know yes. for our listeners to go out and, and donate. It's such a great event. Do it. Absolutely. Do it awesome. for sure. Um, Thank you. That's awesome. Okay. So you go to Disney. He's got his wish granted. Does he get sick yes. at all during that time? Did anything? He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He did end up getting sick. But I will tell you, typically, like if we were to go anywhere, just anywhere, yeah. um, I have to bring all types of stuff like to clean. This place, when I walked into the, they have like a little village, um, there was nothing to clean. 
it was so immaculate and clean. Yeah. There was nothing for me to do. Um, they had like snacks and food for us. And, you know, he has another brother. So they had something for his brothers every single day. They would leave something for him and his brothers. Aww. This place, it, it Give Kids the World encourages you to have uh, ice cream for breakfast. Mm -hmm. So he oh, yeah. that was the coolest thing in the world because <laughs> I couldn't tell him no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they Aww. do, uh, every night they have something going on at the village and they had um, Christmas so, you know, he got to see Santa and then they have people that, you know, donate all of the toys. So the kids get to pick toys. They bring in the characters. Um, there is just so much to do there. You could stay there literally the entire week, literally the entire it. week. Yeah, it, it was absolutely, absolutely amazing. But prior to going there for his wish, that was when I was in a like a very like dark place because it was very difficult to hear your kid has got this and what is it? And at the same time, you're going for make a wish and you have to realize like, okay, you got to be happy for him because he's so young, right. but inside, you know, you are just crumbling, right. completely crumbling. So um, I was all feeling bad for myself and you know, all of that, you know, all the emotions that you go through when you hear that. And we got there and we got to spend a week with people that had way more medical issues and had such a better outlook on it. And some, unfortunately, some kids wouldn't even be here for Christmas, which is why they do the Christmas thing. You know, uh, there is all kinds of, all kinds of, you know, diseases, all kinds of medical issues there. And yet they are the happiest group of people you have ever, ever been around. So I got to talk to parents that were going to, through similar things, maybe not the same diagnosis, but the same emotion. And I got to realize at the end of that trip, not even at the end, but by the end, I came out of there with a completely different outlook and a completely different emotion on, on really what we were dealing with. It was like, okay, you know, have you heard the saying, if it, we all took all of our problems and put them in a bucket, trust me, you'd look in the bucket to grab your own back. <laughs> right. That, yeah. that is exactly, uh, exactly how I felt. I felt very grateful, um, you know, yeah. for what we had and getting to spend a week with the parents and other children that were going through the same struggle, but had the best outlook on life. Yeah. That's huge. Yes. Wow. It was. Um, yeah, the perspective, right? Like, so you get back and how do you, what happens next? Because he's 18 now. So does life yes. just sort of go on and it becomes normal to, to make these changes? Or was there any other huge milestone kind of learning moments throughout? There was, there was, you know, quite a few things, obviously going through the changing of the medication and then the decision, are we going to do the IVIG or not? Are we going to keep him in a bubble? Are we going to allow, expose him to public school? Are we going to expose him to private school where it might be, you know, less students? Um, you know, we've got to make an effort to drop him off and pick him up every single day. We have to have a, you know, a good plan in place if something were to happen to him, you know, medically the people that understand. So I, I had to do a lot of preparing, you know, and obviously as a mom, you just never know what's going to happen. So you're like, if, if something were to happen to me, uh, who's going to know everything about him? 
who's going to know how to take care of him? Who's going to know where all of his doctors are? Who's so I had created this entire huge book um, that oh, if something were to happen. Word. So for Holy crap. people listening, how many inches thick would you say that is T-Rex? I'm going to say it's at least five. Maybe six. Seems huge. It's yeah. a massive binder. I didn't even know they made them that big. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> they do. I found it. So what's inside of that? That's huge. That's all. So this tells you every single doctor, every single diagnosis. And um, because as you know, he was growing up, they were afraid that due to all of the medication and all the things they were giving him that he wasn't growing as he should. Mm. So now you have got an endocrinologist involved. Um, and, um, his bladder ended up being half the size that it should be. Wow. So, you know, you just, you, there, he had at the time, I think he had like six specials. So I wow. needed oh every, every single doctor in here, every single lab work, um, you know, every single person that if, if something were to happen to me, somebody could literally take this book and pick right up. I mean, it might take a little while because it's a lot of information, <laughs> um, but, but they could absolutely do that. Wow. Yes, absolutely. So that was, that was, um, it, that part of it was, you know, challenging because you're like, you want to be prepared in case, because you never know as their caregiver, um, you've got to have something in place if something were to happen to you. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that was also very, very challenging. Um, taking him to, you know, all of these specialists and, and him hearing how he wasn't healthy. Yeah. I never realized from his perspective yeah. how that would make it. It's okay to be not okay. Just make sure you're talking to someone. <laughs>